What's up, guys? Thank you all for checking out this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart, and we got a great show lined up for you guys today. We've got the second trailer for Marvel's Store Love and Thunder. A little bit of an annoying drop, if you ask me. This was supposed to drop on Monday, and we waited all day for this trailer to drop. They never said it was going to be during the NBA playoffs or when it was going to happen during the NBA playoffs at all, so we had to just assume it would happen during this game. They eventually dropped it at halftime of the Eastern Conference Finals Game 4, so we'll talk about that trailer, certainly some interesting details and some some added context to what we saw from the first trailer with, of course, the mighty Thor, Natalie Portman, uh, Jane Foster character, and our first look at Christian Bale's God, uh, Gore the God Butcher. So plenty of stuff to talk about on that. Also, big news dropping last week. Marvel's Daredevil will be returning on Disney Plus with a new season. That's according to various outlets we'll give you guys the details on that and we'll talk about a project that quite frankly i don't think we really know anything about uh that is black panther wakanda forever i I tweeted last week that i'm like uh this movie supposed to come out in november and we don't know anything about it well not like we got anything official from this film but we did get some potentially leaked information about this film that is pretty interesting regarding a main character that will be making their mcu debut so all good stuff on today's podcast. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Sham, a really nice, hefty plate, a, 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 rest, a, a hefty plate, a hefty menu here to select from. What are you most excited to talk about? Uh, I mean, we got another trailer. So, I mean, I feel like that's always kind of the, the um, you know, the, the meat and potatoes, so to speak, of, uh, of uh, topics. Maybe you have, a, you know, a list of topics. So I'm looking forward to talk about this second Thor trailer. It literally just dropped. And we're recording it right after it dropped. Yep. So uh, very fresh in our minds. So looking forward to talk about that. Yep, exactly. We we are recording this podcast, as Shamari said, uh, minutes after that trailer dropped. So you'll be getting very fresh thoughts on the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. Kendall joins us on the podcast as well. Kendall, always good to have you. What are you looking forward to talking about today? Um. Well, I will say... Uh, I, I I disagree, EJ, on the on the idea that uh that the the rollout of the trailer was was mistimed because uh, I got to watch a very very exciting first half of Celtic basketball. But you would have watched that anyway, uh, which is my point about why this was all messed up. Yes, yes, you would have watched that you know, first for us Celtics anyway. fans. For us <laughs> okay. Celtics fans, it was it was enjoyable. But um, but no, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about Daredevil and. Look, we've talked a ton about this uh, theoretical Daredevil yes. return series, but I don't know if we can't call it theoretical anymore. So nope. that's the exciting part about it. Obviously, Marvel hasn't officially rolled it out. They haven't officially announced it, but that seems to be imminent at this point. So um, I'm excited for us to you know talk about what you know expectations, what we want to see, what we expect to see. So um, yeah, I mean it, it's. So the little, even though people have, you know, gone as far as to say that it was always going to happen, still feels a little bit surprising and a little surreal, given that, you know, you still remember the, the day it was canceled. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, yeah. we talked about it um, when it was canceled, so um, didn't expect to see, you know, Charlie Cox back, and of course we did. Uh, didn't expect to see Vincent D'Onofrio back, and we did. 
but even with that being said, I still never expected to see a return of the actual Daredevil series that we have seen. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I was grinning ear to ear when Kendall mentioned how, you know, again, this return was so the- uh, theoretical for so long, and now it is as close to a reality as you can get without Marvel coming out and saying that it is indeed happening. I mean, you think about every step from the date when it got canceled, the date when you had the, the, the embargo lift, to the rumors about what was going to happen in Spider-Man, to the rumors about what was going to happen in Hawkeye, to seeing them... To even a couple like last month, a couple months ago, when we saw that you know production schedule and the word was that Daredevil was going to be produced uh, later on in the year, like the, you know, it's like every step it was like, I mean, this looks very real, like it's a possibility, but you know, TBD, I guess. And 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 now the fact that it is pretty much definitely going to happen, very excited to now look at the, what the next step is for the show in terms of our expectations. Now that is is indeed going to happen. But before we get to that, I do want to talk about this store. Love and Thunder trailer. This is the second trailer from Marvel. Very interesting trailer. Um, I, I kind of like the presentation, which started with kind of, uh, you know, Core kind of telling some younglings from some alien planet about the legend of Thor and his return to glory after having saved the planet so, so many numerous times and getting himself back in shape and getting himself into God shape, so to speak, and, and him trying to get to that uh, illustrious return to being worthy to be the mighty Thor until, until <laughs> we see Jane Foster wielding Yonir and she is the mighty Thor. And we get to see some of the dynamic we're going to be, you know, seeing on display between the Thor Odinson character and the Jane Foster character. You know, Thor, you know, seeing her as this kind of uh, one that got away when it comes to um, the the fact that she was you know his ex girlfriend and he's been counting down the, the days minutes and hours since he last saw Jane Foster and and then we get to see not necessarily so much of Jane Foster's background but we do see her kind of in action we do see her say a little bit about what she's been doing you know she has not been someone who's um, she's not been someone who's, who's who's faced a lot of super villains as she mentions this is her first bad guy being Gore the God excuse me Gore the God Butcher. Um, so we see some 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 very interesting things from that standpoint, and then we also see our first look at Christian Bale, score the God Butcher character, and I was pretty impressed with what I saw. I'm very intrigued by that character. Overall, a little bit of humor, some action, and some backstory, which is essentially what you, all you can ask for really from a trailer. The question now is, do you like the context of what we saw? So I asked it to uh, Kendall first. What did you make of this trailer for Thor: Love and Thunder? Um, it's interesting. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, the tone of the movie is obviously it's, it's a Taika Waititi movie. It's, it's what we saw for the most part with Ragnarok, um, which is an enjoyable movie. Um, you know, it's a similar kind of tone. I mean, if you, if you can't enjoy this movie or, or if you can't enjoy Ragnarok or you can't enjoy this movie or this trailer rather, um, then you know, I feel you're just a you're just very you know, glum you know person you know gloomy person because uh, obviously there's a ton of energy uh, in this trailer uh, from everybody besides Gore the God Butcher as well of course not a whole lot of energy from from Christian Bale's performance but um, but I will say you know I I, I enjoyed this trailer um, 
you know, in terms of my overall excitement for the movie, I wouldn't say that I, you know, it's the it's the 2022 Marvel movie I'm looking forward to the most, but um but you know, obviously we got more of 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 Jane Foster's Thor. Um you know, I'm still curious to see how they're going to tell that story. Um I feel like they're probably doesn't seem like and I could be wrong, but it doesn't seem like they're going to get too into the weeds of like you know her her journey I, and and again I could be wrong about that but right. feels like it's a little bit more 50-50 at most in terms of splitting it between Jane Foster and and Thor uh Odinson uh you know Chris Hemsworth um I I assumed and maybe I was I was foolish uh, or naive I should say <laughs> foolish is a little strong but maybe I was, I was naive to think that I thought we would get more Natalie Portman than Chris Hemsworth in this movie. But they're not selling it like that, which no. I think is interesting. I don't know if it's that's that's like a test screening thing. I don't know if it's a, just again just a focus group thing where they just they felt like people weren't gonna be as excited for this movie if they sold it as a Natalie Portman movie as opposed to a Chris Hemsworth movie. But as what we've seen so far it still feels like a Chris Hemsworth movie, which is a little bit surprising. That's probably the biggest surprise I would say from what we've seen. Um, so we'll, we'll, again, we'll see, uh, there'll probably be one more, you know, trailer or, or, you know, more TV spots, obviously more footage that we'll see. We'll see how they continue to market it. But, um, but yeah. And then, I mean, obviously Gore, the God butcher is the other big thing from this trailer. Um, and I agree. I mean, look, I, I you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't even checked. I'm just, I just I just know the Voldemort jokes are flying online. <laughs> um, you know they tell themselves, but I, but I thought I thought Christian Bale looked cool. I mean, it's, I did. I thought you did that. Too. Yeah, you know, and and that's like that's something where if you told me, like even when they, the the toys were coming out, I was like, man, this I don't know. You know, yeah. Just, I mean, you said it on the just looks like Voldemort. Yeah, yeah. I said it on the said it on the podcast. I'm like, I this just does not look like a character is gonna work that I'm going to enjoy, but he's, he play he's playing the character with a little bit more, uh, you know, just a little bit more, um, you know, I know he said, I know he said he didn't have a ton of energy, but just a little bit more energy than I think I, I even would have expected. Um, cause you know, you would, you see the character and you think, oh, this is just going to be like some ghoulish, like, you know, you know, you know, put you to sleep with like my, uh, you know, a minute long monologue with him, you know, kind of like, you know, Red Skull and Vorbeer kind of vibe, but it doesn't feel like it's going to be that bad. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited to see Christian Bale's performance and Taika Waititi. I want to say he hyped it up, said that, you know, it's like one of the best villains. Maybe yeah. I think he may have said it's like the best or one of the best villains in the MCU that he's seen so far. So obviously he's a little biased, but still, <laughs> um, <laughs> still that's a, that's a very good sign. So, uh, and Christian Bale obviously is a great actor. So yeah, I mean, I'm thumbs up. I think I may have liked the last trailer better, just a tad. It really interesting. Yeah. I like this one. I mean, way I, I, I like the I, you know I, I mean, I like the music choice for the last one better as well. Right. So I think that may have helped, but. Um, but yeah, so, but overall, I think they're both good trailers. So thumbs up. Okay, uh, Shamari, I know you're you're a big fan of Taika Waititi. What did you make of this second trailer from his movie? 
Uh, well, the, the trailer is how I thought it was a good trailer. Um, you know, entertaining. All the effects look great. All the action look is going to be great. Uh, Natalie Portman looks great. Um, you know, as Mighty Thor. You know, she definitely is definitely buffed up. You can tell. Um, you know, um, like you were saying, Kendall, not much in terms of a storyline yet. They may be saving all of that for the movie, I guess. Um, in terms of the story and how much of her story is like central to this movie, like you can't really tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but she looks great as as Mighty Thor. She looks great as Thor. I thought she looked great in the first trailer. Seeing her now, even you know, with and without the helmet, it looks great. You know, it's it's it all works a hundred percent. So I was very impressed by that. Um, Christian Bale looks great as well. You know, with all the the makeup and effects, I am a little concerned that he may be a little bit uh, malicate in terms of just you know, just what he is as a villain. I mean, they just show him kind of destroying like I don't know what that was a moon or an asteroid or something like that. It's like I don't know. I mean, we'll right. see. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see what he does and how he is. Christian Bale is a great actor. I don't have any doubt that he'll act the hell out of the role. But it's just like, what is the role, right? Is he just going to be some kind of, you know, Cassilius, Malachist, whatever, just villain, evil villain, wants to destroy things? You know, like, is that, like, is like you know? So I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure it'll be entertaining. Taika Waititi, you know, Taika is going to put me to sleep. I'm not no. concerned about that. Um, you know, but just in terms of the MCU, we know with the MCU with these villains, you know, sometimes, so um you know and this isn't a character who's like related to any of them like hella or anything like that like this is just a random guy essentially mm-hmm. so i mean we'll see how it goes korg is hilarious as always yes. um and uh i mean chris hemsworth you know is just chris hemsworth he's great he's thor at this point yeah um you know so and him and taika is like is like is like perfect so um yeah, I, I have pretty high expectations. I'm thinking this would be a fun movie. Um, looking forward to n- knowing more about what what Jane's story is, seeing how that's going to come th- to fruition in the movie. So that'll that'll that's what I'm looking out for. So one of the things you mentioned in there was the effects look great. I'll be yeah. honest, I was not crazy about how the effects look. I you know, and I'm not someone who is the oh too much green screen guy but i didn't feel like the green screen some of the green screen stuff looked the greatest i I thought you know the scene where uh i guess you know thor first meets jane you know when when thor has a full helmet on i thought that looked a little goofy um and then there's those shots where it looks like they're gonna fight gore the god butcher in some black and white location that you know i don't want to diss it because i actually do really like sin city but it looked a little Sin City-like, and I'm not sure if, like, that's the kind of thing I'm looking to see from, like, a, you know, a Marvel intergalactic movie in terms of the, like, actual effects for it. Like, that works for Sin City. I don't know if this works necessarily for um, this film. So that was honestly the one thing that stood out to me. I thought some of the green screen stuff did not look nearly as realistic as I would have liked. But... Besides that, I, I I really I really enjoyed this trailer. I thought this was a really solid trailer. I think it had the right balance of humor, 
um, the right balance of uh, of of action and, and and of the things we need to see. You know, I, I told you guys I thought the first trailer thought you know, relied way too heavily on Thor Odinson, and you know I'm not saying that you know this isn't a Gore the God Butcher movie, but not to even see him in the first trailer I thought was a little bit of an odd decision, and I thought there was just not enough Jane Foster. And I was concerned that this is was going to become become a Thor Odinson show, basically, and, and not the the Mighty Thor, not the Mighty Thor story that they had been at the very least teasing. I wouldn't necessarily they were promising, but at the very least they were teasing. And it it does it doesn't still like it'll still be that, but I still like what I saw. I kind of hope, in my opinion, I don't know how you guys feel. You know, it, it makes sense in a trailer and, and even in the movie to immediately, you know, attack the elephant in the room that there's, you know, was a romance between Jane and Thor. I kind of hope that whatever aspect of that is kind of doesn't become anything more. I just feel like that's something that we, we've already kind of explored. I think there will be something powerful for each character for them to actually move on beyond that. But this trailer didn't really give you much hope of that. I think that that's going to be very front and center. Um, but who knows? It could end up being kind of a red herring or a way for them to kind of, you know, swerve us and thinking that there's going to be a romance there and it won't be. But that was something that definitely, you know, was something I saw immediately that was like, okay, this is, they're going to, they're going to go right back into this, to this thing. The one thing that always kind of saves stories that maybe I'm not so excited about is, you know, if it's written well and if it's acted well. And I did think a lot of the written lines about the romance that was in this trailer was really good. And I know that. Uh, yeah, Hensworth's gonna do a good job, and and I actually, I've always thought that Hensworth and 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 Natalie Portman worked really well together. You know, I I I like their chemistry in the first Thor movie. The second Thor movie is terrible, but I don't think it's it's because of their chemistry at all. Um, Natalie Portman, I think, book, you know, I think she uh, she kind of uh, mailed in other parts of that that performance, but the dynamic and the way they write her that character and Thor Robinson has always been money and. It is intriguing to see how the dynamic will be shifted now that Jane has the same powers as Thor. Because so much of it was, you know, you know, alien meets regular person. And now it's like these people are now on equal playing fields. And what does that dynamic look like? Something to be, something you definitely need to be interested in. Not sure how much I need the romance aspect of it, though. Hmm. Yeah, um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, I, I think that I agree with you. I think their chemistry has been. I think their chemistry on stream on screen works really well. So, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm I mean, I'm I'm kind of open when it comes to wh- what Tiger wants to do with with Gene and 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 uh thor's relationship i don't know how much of that is going to be a part of the story if it's you know um a lot of it or a little i mean i i feel like and, and, i feel and like to be I fair shan this, mo- this movie is called thor love and thunder so <laughs> maybe yeah. it's probably probably unrealistic for me to think that oh i don't need this romance between thor and jane but you know the, the movie the love is in the subtitles <laughs> so yeah um, you so know I, i'm sure it'll be I'm sure it'll be a good a good portion of it, um, but I mean, but yeah, I mean, honestly, my expectations are still are still pretty high, even with all those questions about Jane's character and about Gore the God Butcher, and um, you know, and all of that. My expectations are really high. I think, I mean, I haven't seen anything from Taika that I haven't liked so far, 
Um, you know, I'm still trying to watch some of that uh, Hulu show, um, What We Do in the Shadows, mm. which is hilarious. It's, it's, yeah. it's so funny. And in the movie he did with that is, is hilarious as well. He's just a really good filmmaker. And he's a really funny guy. I have I have a lot of very, very high expectations for this. Did anyone else pick up on or agree or disagree with my assertion about Shamar clearly did because he liked the effects, but maybe Kendall, uh, did you think the effects were really great or good even? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's I so I you know, maybe I'm you know, tell me if I'm reading this correct in terms of your interpretation, but it's not it's not as much that you think that they look low budget or cheap, but just that almost like the the aesthetic is 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 very I mean, a little cartoony maybe. You know, you know, it's very bright, you know, very very colorful. No, that's not even uh, it for me. I I think yeah. for me, I think you were more on the first one. Not and when I say like there are beautiful shots in this trailer, I don't necessarily mean right. like a lot of the shots are honestly they're shots that to me like you wouldn't really like these shots in theory don't have to be shot on a green screen. Like you could have shot this somewhere, you know. Like when, right. you know, when, when like when the, the scene the shot when Thor is you know has the helmet on and they're you know fighting a bunch of random dudes and he's like Jane and like to me like that looks so clearly green screen and it looks weird to me and the fact that he's wearing a helmet is even more kind of like uh like it, it kind of accentuates it more like the stuff where they're like where you know with, uh, with zeus and stuff like that stuff looks great like i and over there when they're with the guardians like i don't have much of an issue with that stuff it's like those shots where he's fighting with thor when you know mighty thor appears and then the shots when they're in the sin city looking place where maybe that's just the the the, the look he was going for that stuff looked like sin city purposely looks kind of like I don't want to say campy's not the word. I don't know how you would describe it, but it, yeah. it almost doesn't look real. But that's kind of the point, right? In a weird way, because it's supposed yeah. to be very hyper realistic. But yet, this is a very stylistic kind of shooting. Like that stuff to me looked very weird. It didn't look to me. That didn't look that great, in my opinion. You know, and that was kind of yeah. Like I mean, little, that's I, the stuff where I'm like, I mean, did you need you maybe you didn't need to do a green screen with this? Like maybe you could have just did I this. Think like, definitely going for a different look than a normal MCU movie. So yeah, I, 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 I agree know, with that. I feel like that you know, it's intentional. Uh, whereas <laughs> like we talked about She-Hulk last week. We did, yeah. You know that was and it's crazy. That, you know me, guys. I'm not. I'm never that guy who's hyping up on. Oh, the CGI. I, I've never been that guy. Right. This is this is two projects in a row where I'm like, I, I, this wasn't nearly as bad as Shield. Not, I'm, I don't want to say that, but there was some shots in there. I'm like, this shot should not have been in the trailer. You could have like, and I don't think a lot of them weren't needed. Like you could have done different things. Like you could have put different things in there. Like the shots that I didn't like in here. That was really my only. That's my only critique, really. That and the, and the romance thing. But besides that, I, I really. Um, I really like this trailer. I think this was a major step up from trailer one. And this one gets me really excited to see this movie. Like, the first one, I was kind of like, okay, it was, it was good. You know, this one, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, now I'm ready to definitely check this one out. Now, they are downplaying the in, the Guardians' inclusion in this. Uh, good. For me, it's and, good. I don't need I don't. Yeah, I, I kind of don't fine. want them, like, super involved in, like, most of the story. I hope they're kind of first act and they're gone. <laughs> That's me. Um, I'm not talking yeah, about yeah, else. Yeah, that's fair. But. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, 
So it's interesting. We'll see. We'll see what their inclusion ends up being. You know, uh, we also got a shot of Russell Crowe as Zeus. Yep. Seems to be going the way of you know Matt Damon. You know, in in the last couple of Thor movies in terms yeah. of it being very comedic. But uh, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I I'm not getting my 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 hopes up that we'll see Hercules at this point. Um, so yeah, right now again I'm thumbs up on what we've seen so far. But again, you also have the temporary expectations in terms of the the grit. Um, I again, like I said earlier, the thing that you know I think a lot of people in terms of the 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 what the what the what the grittiness of this movie will be will depend on how do they handle the Jane Foster cancer storyline. Um, they obviously, I think they wanted to. Be are you guys? Are you guys convinced there is a cancer storyline? Yeah, I, I mean, I can't say it's hard for me to say. I'm not convinced by anything I've seen in the trailer. Right. Well, okay. Uh, that's, but, that's the that's the wrong yeah. word. Are you <laughs> confident that there is a cancer yeah. story? In? I I am. I think okay. that they're doing a bait and switch. Like they're trying to not. I don't think it would be too like bait and switchy, but I think that they trying to play it up like you know. Jane's fine. She's a superhero. So yeah, great. yeah, she's a superhero. She but I think, yeah. But once you get in the movie, I think they'll they'll explain it. I don't, I don't even know if we'll get it. We may get it first act, but I don't. I, you know, I don't think Thor will find out immediately. I don't um, think he will either. I don't know if the audience will, but I don't think Thor will immediately. So I think that that'll be part of the story. Um, but yeah, I think that I think it is a part of it. It's just again, if this were a Natalie Portman mm-hmm. movie. Then you could have gotten from her perspective, which I don't know if we're going to get it from her perspective, which is, uh, you know, I mean, it's not the choice I probably would have made. Neither would just, I. But but that's the the route they're going because in the comics it's not told from <laughs> Thor's perspective, you know. No, like, it's, it's a it's a Jane Foster story. It's a Jane Foster story. Yeah. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it will be a Jane Foster, but they just they haven't said anything about no, it. So nothing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah it doesn't. Story. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a Jane Foster movie. I, I think yeah. it still may be. I think it still may be um, split, you know, because because uh, I got to explain how she's involved in the story. So some part of this story is going to be told where it's her and Thor's not in, involved. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I don't think she's just going to appear and and then and then you know we just find out from her what happened. Like they're they're going to tell some of that story of what what happened to her. Why is she Thor now? Like I think that's that's that story is going to be told. They're not showing it at all in the trailers, um, which I mean, it, I, at at this point, honestly, if they're not showing it in the trailers. I kind of hope they don't show it in the TV spots. I have a feeling they will, but um, but at this point, I'm I'm content just seeing how they do it in the movie. Um, though at this though I would say at this point, I'm convinced it's not a big part of the movie. Like it's not like going to be like the whole first act or anything like that. Like it's going to be. You know, it's going to be a part, but it's not going to be a lot of it. I think is clearly going to be them like in action, which I'm fine with. I, I don't have an issue with that. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm curious. I'm curious how they're going to handle the cancer thing if they even decide to do it. Like I've said in the past, uh, you know, Marvel sometimes kind of shied away from the darker stories, but I think there is something powerful about the. Uh, Jane, that being part of Jane's story of being Mighty Thor, so I hope that they don't get rid of it. I'm not. I can't say I'm confident that it's in it. I, I would say that there, I think there's a chance that that she's going to be someone with cancer. I don't know, but 
but I, I can't say I'm confident. I, I, I'm not saying that it's definitely unlikely or anything like that. I just I just don't know from what I've seen. Yeah, I, I, I do I agree with like, him, though. I, I think like that there's be a lot of possibly very fiery backlash if they wrote that out of the story completely. Um, you would think, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that. Because like, like, I feel like the people that really like and wanted, you know, the Mighty Thor character, like, like they like I, they don't like that someone has cancer, obviously, but they think that it's a it's an important part of the character. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, so to, you know, to almost everyone's is, is big. almost everyone's either been touched by cancer or knows someone who has. I mean, how do you yes. just are you are you just gonna erase that from the story? I mean, I, I feel like that I I can't see them doing that. Yeah, I hope I hope you're right. I tend to I tend to agree. I think that they will do it if I had to really put my money on it. But I would not. I would not want to put any money on it. That's that's what I think the best way to kind of explain my my lack of confidence in the fact that they will do this. But let's move on to again a story that really warms the heart. Uh, I said this to uh, to Andrea. We did it, Joe. We did it. The hashtag Save Daredevil campaign. It worked. We won because. Marvel's Daredevil is coming back to streaming. First reported by Variety, the man without fear will be returning with a new season on Disney+. Chris Cord and Matt Corman uh, have been reportedly been tapped to co-create and write the show. Charlie Cox expected to return as Matt Murdock. As for the fate of other characters like Eldon Henson's Foggy Nelson or Deborah Ann Wall's Karen Page and others... Nothing has been confirmed, but the Hollywood Reporter did note something extremely important, and that is that this show will be a, quote, new but continued season for Daredevil. So, of course, we've had four other seasons, so that, you think, would imply that this is going to be a continuation of the story that we followed for four seasons, not a complete and utter reboot. Though we've seen these trades mess up these things like this before, so I don't want to say that that's gospel, but that is something that was very important that was reported. And of course, if that is the case and it is new but continued, that would mean that some of those actors could certainly be making a reappearance, reprising those roles that we came to love and enjoy. So I'll go to Sham first. Sham, you've been very much on the hashtag Save Daredevil bandwagon. <laughs> What do you need from Marvel to make this revival of Daredevil a success? Because now we're past the whole let's bring it back. Now that we're here, what do you want to see from Marvel? Uh, I mean, to make it a success. So there's not. Um, there is there. It, it, I mean, this sounds a pretty low bar. There isn't much. I mean, they have Charlie Cox. Um, you know, of course, the Marvel costume department has been on fire lately i i wouldn't i wouldn't expect anything less than fantastic for whatever they have in store for uh for murdoch this time and um we know d'onofrio is in the universe you know it wouldn't make sense to not include him in the story at all now i just hope he's much less i would say cheesy is the only word that the first word that comes to mind much less cheesy than he was in Hawkeye. Um, and and uh, I don't know what they're going to do to Daredevil, but he doesn't have superpowers. So the Kingpin he was fighting in the other series was not superpower. You know, this one seems to be. <laughs> so so I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't really know how they're going to handle that. But, it's, but it is cool that D'Onofrio is still playing Kingpin anyway. Um, 
So, I mean, there really isn't much else. Um, Foggy, I, I very much liked uh, Foggy. He was getting a little whiny a little bit towards the end of, of, of the of the of uh, seasons two and three. I was just like, all right. I, mean, I was watching season two, man, and he is. Oh, boy. It's, it's, it's funny because I, I had a friend. I, I don't know if he's listening to this podcast. I know he used to listen. But shout out to John Million, who used to work for me at New York One. He hated Foggy Nelson. He hated Elvin yeah, Henson's portrayal it was a because of how whiny he was. And at the time, I thought he was ridiculous. I was like, oh, Foggy's great. I love Foggy. I'm, I you know, I just, I, I actually, you know, I, I, when before they took it off Netflix, I watched all of season one, and I got to through most of season two before they took it off, and now I, I just restarted kind of finishing season two. And, yeah, it's he's a little bit of a, he's a lot. He's a lot, yeah, I'll be honest. A lot, of, a lot of whining. A lot of whining from Foggy. So, um, you know, if they either recast or decide to just do something else, give him a new sidekick, I wouldn't, you know, exactly be screaming bloody murder about it. But if he came back, I also would be happy about that, too. So, I mean, I, I don't really have any expectations when it comes to that. Karen Page being back would be nice as well. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, going crazy if she if she does not return. Um, though I, I thought she, she was a good character. Um, so, low expectations. I'm open to whatever it is that, if whatever it is that they, uh, um, you know, whatever kind of story they want to tell. Um, I do hope they don't redo, recast some of the other people. I thought the bullseye in the other show was fantastic. Yeah, to me, like, there um, are some, like, non-negotiables. Yeah. And to me, Bethel is a non-negotiable as Daredevil. Excuse me, as uh, he was playing Daredevil last time, but of course he was punished. Uh, he was a, a hawk. I, why can't I get this name wrong? Bullseye, damn it. Why did I keep... I said, like, every... I thought you were going to say Deadshot. I said every Marvel Defender <laughs> under the sun before I got to who I was trying to get to. Um, he was exceptional as Bullseye, and I, he's a non-negotiable. Yeah, I think Elodie Young is a non-negotiable to me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I, To me, it's those two, and then Foggy and Karen are non-negotiables for recasting. Anyone else you want to recast, I'm pretty cool with. But you can't recast those folks, to my, in my opinion. We already know that, of course, we're getting Murdoch and and uh. And I mean, I think Fisk the I, I think the only one for me was uh was Kingpin and then probably Bullseye. I thought he well did those that. yeah Kingpin and Fisk and, and Murdoch. I got to out of that because we already know that they're back. Exactly. Now that we're yeah. here, I'm, I mean, like the non negotiables of anybody they want to include moving forward mm-hmm. to me were Bethel, um, uh, uh, uh Henson, Wall, and Young. Anyone else? You want to redo Madam Gow? You want to redo anyone other folks? I'm fine with that. Stick. But in terms of sticks, so sticks a good one. Sticks a good one. Mm, sticks. So you might. I, I mean, get the sense. Yeah, I, I would. I would like to see if, if I might. I don't want to be ageist. I don't know if the gentleman is still alive. I would love to see him back in stick. If that is, the case. I know he was an older gentleman, but I don't. I don't think we're gonna get. Name. I don't think we're gonna get many, if any, recastings. I don't think um, so either. I think we're going to... I think they're going to play straight, I feel pretty like, close to the vest. Or pretty close I, to you know, what we had. Yeah, if if there are characters like... We may not see Elektra again. I don't know if we're going to get a different Elektra. Now, Elektra is a weird character in that, you know, all the hand mumbo-jumbo. She all of a sudden just came back and started looking different. <laughs> they might be able to... They might <laughs> yeah, be able to... You have true. a story reason why. That's a very but, good point. Um... But for the most part, I think they're going to stay away from recasting. If there's a, an actor that they can't get 
you know, like Vanessa, for example. Mm-hmm. If we just don't see her again and just, she's never mentioned or she's mentioned very sporadically, but we don't see the actress, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to just recast Vanessa, you know, just for story reasons. So um, that's my guess, but, I, you know, I could be wrong. Um, and But I also think that while we will get certain characters, I think there's going to be a large influx of new characters that we haven't seen. Probably a lot of, like, ancillary, you know, cop character, detective character, yeah. newspaper, you know, reporter character, like all these different these characters that that you know weren't in the other one, but now they now that they have free reign to make their own canvas, I think they want to include new characters. But like you said, heavy hitters from the previous seasons, they will want to return. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be exciting. Um, I'm curious to see if this crosses over with the how this crosses over with the MCU if it does at all. Um, you know, beyond like the mm. what we got back in the day of oh, you know, the battle in New York. Remember that? Uh, I'm not saying about that, but continue. Yeah, yeah, you know. So now, are we gonna get more, more, you know, uh, you know, just bigger cameos in the MCU, uh, in this Daredevil series? Are we actually gonna get guest appearances from people like we like? Dave, you know, like you know, D'Onofrio and Murdoch have guest appeared. In other MCU projects, are we going to get that onto their show? So um, that's going to be exciting. And then, you know, the other big, big question is: Look, now that this has opened the floodgates for them to bring back Daredevil, just like we saw with the Snyder Cut, then it becomes release the air cut. You know, restore the the Snyderverse and make the Batfleck movie. All these, you know, the fans will never rest. So. Does this open the floodgates for our Luke Cage to come back? Does this make open up the floodgates yeah. for Jessica Jones? Uh, obviously, the Punisher, you know, um, Inhumans, you know, all these. Th- <laughs> I'm yeah, joking yeah, on me. Yeah, but, relax on the Inhumans. <laughs> I think I think maybe uh, Iron Fist we could have got away with. You weren't. We're not gonna let you get away with it. <laughs> I knew Iron Fist. Iron Fist was gonna fit too well too well into the. Into the gimmick. I shout out! Shout out! Shout out to the shout out to the new Rory and Maul podcast. But that deserves a big relax. <laughs> Scott Buck, uh, he won't be involved regardless. Yeah, uh, hopefully he he ain't walking through that door. <laughs> Scott, Scott Buck better not be walking through that door. But yeah, no, I think I do wonder though if this opens up the floodgates for some of those other Netflix characters uh, and their shows. I mean, look, no, none of the other shows were Daredevil. Just in terms of quality can be debated, but just in terms of the reach and the, I think the yeah yeah the depth, oh yeah, yeah yeah exactly no yeah, yeah. They, none of them had so none of them have that kind of fan base so you know that this could be a unique situation but there you know from a character perspective I mean again we could talk about uh, you know John Bernthal's Punisher is I think just as valuable. Uh, you yes. know, a piece in the MCU. As, I was as, thinking the other day, I was, yeah, in my head, I was thinking the other day, I was like, I could make a case that Burnthal, and I don't want to throw us off topic, but just a point. I can make a case that Burnthal is the best Marvel casting for any hero or anti-hero outside of um, Tony Downey. Stark. And, and then I think it's an argument between him and Hugh Jackman to me. Like, Downey's the only one I'll, I'll give you and say, okay, maybe that was better. 
But and I'm not necessarily in terms of like star power, or just in terms of accuracy to the character that we know and love in look, in sound, in action, in mannerism, everything that goes with it. I can make Casey's number two. And he's definitely top three, which is insane. We talk about non negotiables for the whole Defenders verse. He's number one, as far as I'm concerned. And look, you guys know my you guys know my take that I don't think he's a non negotiable because I, I also feel like he'd be an excellent Wolverine. I know you so I know it's you know, it's it's like it's just too dangerous to go down that path of like trying to find another Punisher. Because it's not whoever it is is not gonna be as good as John Birdall, but no, they won't. I just feel like man, and that just shows you how 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 high level he is right now. That I feel like uh, give him another role, he'll be he can be just as good and even more impactful in a bigger role like Wolverine. So, um, but yeah, I you're I think you're 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 probably right. I no point in even debating. He's, he's certainly top five, and that's mm-hmm. that's uh. That's already it's very high billing because there's yeah it's billing. already high, very high. I mean, billing. We just talked about Chris Hemsworth for a bunch. I mean he's a great. Had like guy. 30, 30 plus Marvel projects. Yeah, you know, um, we've had a bunch. We have Sam Jackson again. I would Chris put, Evans. Yes, and I'm saying again, I would put Bernthal in the top three. That's how good he is. For me, in terms of what I would want, so there are a couple of things with this. So number one, you know. And people have mentioned it, and I'm not saying it's a huge deal to me, but I think it's important to note that, you know, they did not bring back the showrunners and the writers from the Netflix Daredevil show. So I'm not, I don't want to be the sourpuss here, but I did see that. I was like, okay, you know, Chris Corden and, and, and Corman, you know, certainly respectable producers and writers, so I, I'm sure they could do a great job. But that's something now I'm looking towards and, and seeing what, what they're going to do. You know, the whole, there's been a conversation about, oh, does it have to be mature? Does it, ha-? I don't, I'm not necessarily sure if I'm like so big on the whole, it has to be super mature because as we just, as we talked about, like we just watched like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and there are extremely violent moments in that movie. Like, I think if that got a PG-13 rating, I think you could do that and maybe a little plus more and you probably could get a TV-14 and be fine. So I think that they'll have the right amount of, matureness in the show i don't think that it has to be a uh for mature audiences only type of show for it to work but i do think i do i do don't want i don't want them to go towards the well we're going to be falcon and winter soldier like that it can't it can't go that far to the left like it has to be still be pretty edgy and dark in that regard i think for this to work not necessarily because that's who daredevil is but just more of that's what we've come to expect in terms of the level of excellence and the brand of storytelling coming from these characters and this show. If you decide that you're going to take that completely away, I, I don't think that that works. And some people have made that's been an argument online of whether or not you can and it could be fine. I don't I don't think that you can do that. You know, I do agree that you don't have to be super mature. You don't have to just live in the Frank Miller bubble of what Daredevil is. You can definitely do different things that have been lighter and things like that. But I don't think you can go completely away from it. But Kendall mentioned, I think, something important, which was, uh, you know, the connection to the MCU. And I, I don't want to say this is what's going to make it a success, because I don't think that's what it would make it a success. But I think, I think there's something about that has to, that has to be part of the reason why they're doing this. Like, I don't know if I necessarily like they want to just make a great kick-ass Daredevil show that you know mentions the blip in in very weird terms and 
the event in New York in, in very ambiguous terms and we kind of just move on. I mean, okay, cool. That's fine. And if it's a great season, I'll still enjoy it. It'll be really fun. But, like, I do think that, like, what makes this exciting and what it made the original concept of the Netflix show exciting was that there was this connection to the MCU. And we were lied to. Lies were told in the recruitment, as Kendall loves to say. We did not, there was no real connection to the MCU. And those characters did not cross over in any way. I don't want Spider-Man, that's, I mean, I'll, I'll take Spider-Man. Let me take that back. But I don't need Thor coming in to say what's up to Matt Murder. I don't need that. I don't need anything that's so ridiculous where they're just throwing something in for the sake of fan service. I don't I don't want that. But can we get you know real connections and real things that make sense for Daredevil? I would like to see it. I think that that would – to me, that's the way Marvel can make this their own. Because we know that Feige, whenever he takes on a project, is always about making whatever he's doing his own and not just – something that someone else already did and this is the first time where again if we're to believe what the Hollywood reporter reported and i tend to believe that, that is the case that this is a continuation then this would be the first time that he really is just saying all right this is something someone else did and i'm just going to kind of continue what they did that's not something he likes to do so there's going to be something he's going to do to make it his own i don't want to just be oh well it's not mature that that would be lame that would be the lowest bar in terms of making it your own I think said, you know, we're, we're going to try to incorporate things that are, you know, connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a real way, not in the cheap artificial references that we got to kind of somehow make some kind of connection in, in the past iterations of the Netflix shows. That, I think, would be the thing that would really make this thing, OK, it, this was really worth it that we got this back, because not only did we get the full show, but now, like. We, we have these player characters playing in the sandbox of the Hell's Kitchen Daredevil that we come to, you know, love. That's why Fist showing up in Hawkeye was such a big deal. That's why Murdoch showing up in Spider-Man No Way Home was such a big deal. Like, it wasn't just, oh, they're showing up, and that's great. Like, yes, that was a big part of it. But also it was, yes, like, man, like, the, the long lineage and stories of Peter Parker and his interactions, interactions with Matt Murdoch, they're endless. And the idea that now these are actually characters in the sandbox create possibilities that are endless for stories in the future. So that that would, to me would be one of the, the the major things that would make this a success. But I think the other thing too that would make this a success is actually almost has nothing to do with the Daredevil show. My other thing would be what's the deal with the other defenders? Like because I don't know if you guys saw it, but I saw it and I made note of it. Uh, Kristen Ritter, Mike Holter, somehow ran into each other last week. Took a picture on Instagram, posted it, and first time I've seen them together since the show, those shows were on TV, um, probably since Defenders, I guess, because um, I don't think she was in season two of Luke Cage, and he wasn't in any of those future seasons of, uh, of Jessica Jones. And some people were saying, and I agree with them, and saying, hey, it could just be, hey, we both live in New York, where the hell they live, and hey, let's take a picture. Or it, they could have been at some kind of meeting or doing some kind of, like, like, that could have been a thing. Like, they posted a picture. The picture was, you know, the caption that Kristen posted was about the fact that, you know, there are two Marvel characters. And it, it does get me wondering that this news coming out the same week that those those two, it was like days removed. It might have been the same day even. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong about that. But it was very soon after, soon soon around the same time where, 
there was a picture posted with them together, and then we learned Daredevil was officially back. So I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, if you're if you're gonna start with Daredevil, there's a lot of other meat on the bone in terms of what Netflix, the Netflix Marvel division developed, and I'd love to see more of that with the stuff we got from Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, definitely to start. And as I mentioned, Burnthal has got to be Punisher if you're gonna go down that route. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of the uh, more of the uh, defenders. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I I don't really have any anything anything much more to add. I mean, I'm just I'm I'd be cool seeing all, you know. But at the same time, um, you know, if they wanted to recast or if they wanted to test this out first or whatever. Um, I'm down with that too. I, and I, I do want, I would say I do want it definitely the more mature, uh, tone for Daredevil. I feel like if they lighten it up like a lot, uh, that would be very noticeable. Um, I feel like they need to keep that kind of street level, um, action and it doesn't have to be excessively gory. It could, I would say it could even be like Moon Knight. You know, similar to what Moon Knight was doing. Just good action. <laughs> you know, good street action. Doesn't have to be over the top. You know, but if they do something like that, I- I'd be satisfied. Yeah, I think I think that we all would uh would, would agree with that with that notion. Um let's get to the last story of the day, guys. Um and again, it's an interesting story to me only because of the secrecy regarding the project. So we know very little about Marvel's Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. There were some comments from Letitia Wright talking about there were a lot of challenges in putting this project together, but that we worked together as a team to make it work. And I'm a part of me. I'm reading these quotes. I'm like, I mean, it sounded like you were a lot of the challenges, but you know, whatever. Anyway, um, we don't know much about this project, but I thought there was some potentially interesting leaked details about one of the main characters that will be making their debut in the MCU. A blurry image of Namor the Submariner, who is set to be played by Tanak Huerta, by the way, also not officially been announced by Marvel yet, still, which is insane to me. And this movie is, what, five months away, six months away, and the main villain or antagonist of the movie, they've casted a guy that they have not actually announced themselves. Weird. Anyway, um... Uh, it reveals this blurry image, a look that to me is very similar to the original Namor look in the comics. The attire includes very little attire, to be honest, but uh, it includes the you know the short teal trunks with the gold accents. So not some of the more modern looks you've seen from Dan, uh, Namor, where he's kind of had the long black tr- uh, trunks and and the you know, black shirt kind of V neck kind of look. No, he is bare chested. He has a little maybe like some kind of like. Uh, some some kind of attire on his neck. I wouldn't call it a bracelet, but some kind of cloth around the neck and some you know stuff around his arm, gold accents around the arms. But otherwise, that's it. <laughs> you know, green trunks, and they called it a day. Uh, now, there's also a rumor about this Submariner character that I thought was interesting as well, was that they're tweaking his origin, and it's going to center, center more on a Central American background uh, and he's going to apparently come from a historic and submerged city of Mexican culture. He will be the son of a human with a queen of the submerged people, but he will not be from Atlantis. Kendall, are you in favor of these changes and the look that perhaps we will be seeing from Namor in this movie? Did these details come out of the, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial? 
Because it sounds a lot like Aquaman. <laughs> no. Well, um, well, I, I mean, to me, I think that the whole point of it is to try to be less like Aquaman, no? Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, the whole idea. He's not, of, he's not he's from not Atlantis. From, yeah, yeah, but not, neither was Aquaman, right? Right, but I don't, I don't think Atlantis exists in this. The way I read these details was that wherever right. Namor is from, they're not calling it Atlantis. Right, and that's fair. So, 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 so you said that this, this, honestly, Kendall, this and and. I will say, forgive me for people who are catching up to Young Justice. Maybe close your eye, ears for the next. Yeah, no. Well, I'm not. Seconds. I'm not caught. So. Well, no. This is well, something you've already seen. I'm not oh. going that far back. I'm saying <laughs> that this look to me sounds very similar to how Young Justice oh, okay. introduced the origin of Atlantis in season right, four. Right, right, right. Uh, interesting. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I said. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. I. That. That's possible. Um. That's interesting. I, I guess just in terms of like the, you know, the half, half human, half, you know, whatever you want to call it, fish person, alien, yeah, non-Atlantean, Atlantean, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know that that part sounds very Aquaman-y. That that um, does. I agree with that. And it, I, I guess I'm looking at it from like the layman who's like who doesn't know anything about any of these characters. Is like, oh, what? what's the difference between this guy and Aquaman? There are differences, obviously. But that layman guy is not gonna is not gonna care. You know, he's gonna be like They're the same person. Um, so I do wonder if they run into a little bit of that issue. And look, it's just it's just the law of like when you Marvel and DC are always gonna have copycats. So nothing you can do, you can't shy away from it. But um, Namor is almost always gonna be similar to Aquaman. Now, obviously, this guy they're making Namor an antagonist in this movie, which is not like Aquaman. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see uh, the, you know, alleged, you know, rumored design. It's interesting. I'll be interested to see how it translates uh, in live action. Um, and yeah, I just, you, I mean, you make a good point. You raise a good point about just the weird nature of them not telling us that Tinoch Huerta's even in the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, I, at a point in time, I would have told you, oh, maybe he's in Eternals, or maybe he's in Doctor Strange, or something. But at this point, the jig is up. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, we we should have seen we should have seen Namor, or at least told us that this guy is in the movie. I, I honestly, I just think that they're still trying to figure out how to market this movie, so I don't think they even want to touch any of that stuff right now. Because um, they haven't even told us that Dominique Thornton. Thorn is in it, right? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we, yeah, we reportedly right, yeah. know that she's supposed to be in it. Exactly. Yeah, of course, playing know, we, uh, Ironheart. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, I think they're still trying to figure out how do how do we even sell this movie, um, which is obviously a, a not an easy thing to answer. But, um, but yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of different things that they have to, and then I still. I'm very confident that we'll get a Doctor Doom tie-in in this movie as well. So excited, definitely excited really? for this movie. Yeah, and I think that they're doing a really good job uh, of trying to of keeping that under wraps and trying to get people off the scent. Uh, maybe that's something that got scrapped, but I, I yeah, I think that we're gonna Yo, get I, <laughs> Latveria. 
before you go before you go sham i i had the craziest dream of a marvel story that like was the introduction of dr doom and it it came about through wanda and the multiverse and him taking the ruins of of or no it wasn't that he took the ruins it was like a, a place that 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 was supposed to be something else turned into actually like you know the house of doom and the place they were in that they thought was a different country was Liberia and it was all because Wanda screwed everything up it was it was it was bonkers it was dope I will say that it may not sound dope this terrible explanation I just made but the dream was dope I, I woke up I was like oh man that was a dream that was actually a really good story and how they introduced Doctor Doom into the MCU so I'm hope I mean Kendall's right I'm hoping they do a great job of of doing that but Sham what what do you make of some of these adjustments to namor and and the look from namor um yeah the adjustments are interesting uh i mean i would be i mean i would agree with what kind of sounds like aquaman i don't know i mean i'm down it's so down interesting both of you guys jump to that it sounds like aquaman because you know. everything i keep seeing is that people say that this is them trying to move away from aquaman but y'all are like this sounds like aquaman to me <laughs> that's just very it's very interesting i'm not necessarily i'm not judging it's just it's just funny right yeah, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't have an issue with it. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, we'll see how the how how uh, how he looks. Um, I, the concept art looks dope. I, I love it. Looks great. Very like traditional. Um, it, I like it. I just in ter- just in terms of it's very fuzzy. Obviously, I can't really see it clearly, but right, it looks great. It's very fuzzy. Um, so just the, what we see looks good. looks like something I'm going to love to see, you know, across from a black, someone in a black Panther costume. So, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, I mean, the story sounds okay. sounds like something I'd be, you know, I'd be interested in, you know, kind of more going more of a human, I guess, uh, story, which is fine. You know, I, I don't, I mean, it's probably better, honestly, in terms of connecting it to making it more relatable. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm down, I'm totally down with it. Excited to see the excited to see and know anything about this movie. As you guys pointed out, we haven't really heard anything about it. So, um, you know, so hopefully we can get something. I'm, I'm guessing after Thor, um, you know, that's when kind of the, the, uh, you know, the promotion will, will probably ramp up at least a little bit after that. So I'm thinking. And one thing to note about the the Mesoamerican themes that apparently will will be a lot of the background for this Namor character is that there are actually many scholars who who propose proposed that Atlantis was related to Mayan and Aztec culture. So this would be a case of Kugler not just pulling something out of nowhere. Like this is actually stuff that has been taught and has been studied and has been explored. So, so this, so I, I think that when we ask, you know, oh, why are they, why are they, um, you know, casting, you know, Huerta for this role as opposed to anyone else, you know, is there anything with the the Latin American background that is important to this, and and how does it, how does it add up, how does it make sense, and and you know, Kugler, you know, you know, doing his research here and, and coming up with this story for Neymar, um. Uh, I, 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 in terms of the, okay, let me start with one thing. In terms of the, the, the costume or the attire or his look, I really think it's really bold that they would go with that look. Like, you know, 
<laughs> not you know Namor, you know, typically not very clothed in those early days of his uh, you know, you know, appearances in comic books which date back to like the thirties, I think. Um but like the fact that they're actually inspired by that and they're gonna go with that look, I think is really bold and I think it's really cool. I you know, I would love to see a, a non blurry picture of it, but I was surprised. EJ, I told, EJ, I totally go... thought we were gonna see a more updated look, the look he had with the X Men, the look he's had in the last, you know, ten to ten or so years where he's kinda had the black EJ, you ever try swimming in a jumpsuit? Oh <laughs> I mean look, it makes sense. And that's kinda why I like it. Yeah, you're right. You're hundred percent right. Like no, I've never swam in a jumpsuit. I never wanted to try to swim in a jumpsuit. <laughs> Aquaman uh, swims in arm, full-on armor, man. I, I think know. that can't be fun. <laughs> and full-on armor, he's got the trident, man. Like, yeah, and and then you know Momoa, he's got the long hair and the beard. He's not even all. He's not even aerodynamic like that or aquadynamic. I guess the word the word would be um, like that. So you're right. Yeah, this is definitely the look that they're proposing. Way more practical for people who live underwater for the majority of their time. So. I'm a thumbs up on the look. In terms of the background, I do, again, like I said, I do like that this is him, you know, Coogler and, and the creators, you know, doing their research and, and finding something that makes sense that I think, you know, they feel like can separate themselves a little bit from from Aquaman. So they're not going to say, oh, he's just from uh, Atlantis, you know, or they, can, they can't say, oh, yes, we have an Atlantis just like they have an Atlantis over there at DC. You know, just the, even just the, a slight deviation away from that, I think, is fine. Um, I like the fact that he's from Atlantis. Like I, you know, I don't need, I didn't, I didn't need so much of the, I think the reason why I liked the fact that he was from Atlantis was to me, like Namor being the king of Atlantis kind of was, he's not Orm, obviously Orm is evil, but it kind of was like, it kind of felt more realistic of how Atlantis would act. And Atlantis, you know, like Aquaman being the king of Atlantis, like Aquaman is very, yes, he's looking out for you know, the, the, you know, his people and, and all the, the seven seas, but like, you know, he, he's very, he has a very soft spot for earth and he's, you know, he, he will try to make amends with earth and try to create alliances. And sometimes there are problems or whatever, but you know, he's a, he's a friend and, and like Namor is not that he's not a friend at all. He doesn't really rock with earth like that. And I always liked that. Like that I always felt like if Atlantis really was a thing, this would be more of their disposition rather than what we see from DC with them being run by, you know, Orm. So the fact that they're not calling it Atlantis, it doesn't really matter that much, to be honest. But, I, you know, it's a little bit of a ding when I heard it. I was like, okay, yeah, they're going to move away from that. I understand it. But um, but I, I did like that. I thought Marvel was very bold with how they presented Atlantis. And a lot of times they're kind of adversaries to Earth and to a lot of people that we're rooting for. And it makes Namor this very ambiguous character because you know he will come in and save the day for us, but he's kind of he's kind of a jerk, he's kind of a jackass, and <laughs> and having to deal with this person uh, consistently and who is very powerful and can be very helpful, but is very arrogant and selfish. Um, he's just a very unique character. So I think there are traits about that that I enjoyed doesn't necessarily mean any of that has to be taken away because you're not calling it Atlantis. I just like the fact that if you we, when we think about Atlantis is not something that's, you know, that DC has, you know, exclusive rights on or Marvel has exclusive rights on. Like, we think about Atlantis in various different mediums and things like that. And I just really like the way Marvel always presented um, Atlantis. So the fact that we're not getting that, a little disappointing. But other stuff, I'm pretty cool with. I like the creativity involved. And I'm excited to see what they do. I just, I just want to see something, man. Like, I... 
this is just gone on for too long where we don't know anything. And it makes me feel like that date is not going to happen. Like that November date, I, I would, if I had to bet money, I would not bet money that they're going to make that November date. Because I don't know how you can get to May. And we're not, like, not only are we not even close to, not only do we not know anything, but it feels like we're not even close to knowing anything. There's no, like this this thing that came up today with the Namor stuff or this week, that was the first thing we heard about this movie. It feels like forever. Like, like in terms of any, like the Riri uh, Williams stuff that Kendall mentioned, that was the last time we heard anything about this movie. And that was months ago we talked about that. Like, many months. That was last year. That was 2021. That wasn't this year. So, like, I, I would be a little surprised that they make that November date at this point in time. Otherwise, I think it's ridiculous that they haven't done anything. Like, if I was uh, Huerta's agent, I'd be, I'd be really upset. Because I'm like, yo, like, my guy's got a major role in a Marvel movie. And the company hasn't even freaking announced it. And we're six months away from when he's about to actually, you know, how many, you know how much money and deals could have came his way by now had he been fully promoted as Namor. A lot. <laughs> it was a rhetorical question, but I'll answer it. It was a lot. <laughs> that, a lot of money being left on the table every day. They don't announce that Huerta's Namor and that he's in Black Black Panther. So, uh, I I I don't hope that it's delayed. I I want it to come out, but it's just weird how this whole thing is, has shaken out. I I feel like, man. I mean, I, I I mentioned it, you know, well over a year ago, that I watched an episode of Iron Man Armored Adventures, uh, with uh, two episodes of Iron Man Armored Adventures, both episodes with Doctor Doom in them, and how the portrayal of Doctor Doom in that show. Uh, I mean, I loved it, but it was just. He was he's basically Darth Vader, but I think it, it was they, it was so good that I'm like this is how they've got to do Doom in the MCU. I'm not going to take it any other way, uh, but I will say it would be very if 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 he was somebody that was pulling the strings, lurking in the shadows, and orchestrated this Atlantean Wakandan war by himself without any direct involvement. You know, it would remind me a lot of Chancellor Palpatine or Emperor Palpatine mm-hmm. uh, in the in the Star Wars Skywalker saga. So that to me is something that I that that I think is if you're trying to set up Doctor Doom as a as a you know huge huge threat, but also different than Thanos, having him be that kind of you know, having him be that kind of threat where he's not, it's not physical, but also tactical, mental, psychological, all that, all those things on top of him being, again, you know, the genius intellect, um, the science that is so, like, even in that, in that cartoon, his, his science was so advanced that it, it looked like magic, you know, like there's things that they, there's ways in which you can, you can, make the Doctor Doom character feel realistic while making it. Make, you don't have to do what they did in, in the last Fantastic Four movie where he's just blowing people's heads off for no reason unexplained. Um, of course, yeah. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of potential. And I feel like they may save it. They may feel like, you know, this movie, you know, is still, it's just they have a lot to accomplish, and including Latveria. 
but would throw things off. But I, I feel like there may have, there may be no better time to introduce him. And I just I don't believe that they're going to introduce Namor as a flat out villain. Like he'll be an antagonist. Yeah, I think I, I think he'll be. I think he'll be one of those guys who is a uh, is an unwitting, you know, <laughs> unwitting agent. You know, didn't yeah, realize think, he was doing the bidding ways, of Doctor Doom. I think in some ways they'll like Namor is a very great. Um, he's like a great graduation from Killmonger to me because he can kind of play the Killmonger role. Like everything that Killmonger was, all his beliefs, all the reason why he did what he did, his motivations. It's very transferable to what Namor's motivations could be for, um, for you know Atlantis or whatever the equivalent of Atlantis is gonna be. You know, you could turn the dial down a little bit on the you know the whole I'm gonna kill people or whatever, but like it, it's like he makes very much sense as a as a next adversary because mm-hmm. we've seen with these uh, these shows. Oh, excuse me, these uh, the Black Panther movies, the first one that you know Cooler seems to be more interested in like. Uh, the the characters that kind of wield in a area of moral grayness. Now I, I've always fought people that say that Killmonger is not a villain because I'm like, dude's choking black women and killing people. Like he's a villain. He killed his girlfriend. Like you know, we, that those people say I don't know what they're talking about. But but he definitely just like Magneto is a villain. Like but it doesn't mean that like he don't like he's a villain. But he's got a point. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like he's got a motivation that 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 you can understand. And that those are always the strongest villains. I think Namor, like he's the perfect person to kind of act in that same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I agree with that. I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing Namor in this movie. I, I I wouldn't necessarily push back against Kendall too much. I I would like. I think I, I think seeing Doctor Doom in this movie would be cool. I probably don't need Doom in this movie. I don't um, need him either. I would like him, but I don't need him. I definitely don't need him. And I don't know if I would want too much of him if he is in the movie. We already have so much. We already have potentially Secret Wars. and We got he who, you know, we got the, you know, he who remains. And, you know, we got all this, all this other stuff going on. We got another season of Loki coming. We got the X-Men. We got Professor X. We got Reed Richards now. And we got a lot of stuff coming. It's like, I don't know if they, they don't. They don't need to throw Doom in yet. They could, you know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, you know, be mad about it. But you know, it's definitely not needed for me. I mean, I could if this if if Doom never showed up in this movie, I wouldn't lose an ounce of sleep. Um, but you know, if he is in it, that'd be nice. You know, I'd be like, all right. You know, that's cool. You know, big bad, big bad Doom. You know, I'm down. But I I, I would be curious as to how he's gonna fit into some of these other threats that they're clearly teasing as well um so that that would be interesting you know it's funny too kind of mentioned how doom you know the the iron man armor adventures version of doom is his favorite and he would like to see potentially that doom kind of a similar doom presented in the marvel universe i i always actually when i was watching dr strange again spoiler i guess you haven't watched dr strange i watched dr strange multiverse of madness and seeing Wanda, the way she took out the Illuminati, that was very akin to not nearly as violent, but very akin to Doom versus the Avengers and the Fantastic Four in um, Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which I think is the best iteration of Doom I've seen. And 
I thought like, man, like this kind of takes the like, like if I, I kind of always hoped that Feige had seen that scene and said, I'm gonna redo that, but with Doom whenever he's in the live action. Now it's kind of like, well, they kind of already did that with Wanda, but in a much more violent way. So that that's my favorite Doom. I would love to see that Doom because I think that that was a great way to display just how powerful Doom is. That not only yes he scrapped the Fantastic Four, he also could scrap with the whole Avengers and take them all on at once. Like it was nuts. Uh, that that if you ever get a chance, I think it's the season premiere of season two, to check that out. Me and Shamari and Kendall, you might have been there. We we checked that out at Comic Con many years ago, and it was the crowd was just losing it because of how awesome they presented uh, Doctor Doom. So. A lot of possibilities about this Black Panther movie, but no certainties and no details because they have not told us any <laughs> about this film. But this little bit we got with Neymar was interesting, so I wanted to make sure that we got to talk about it. And we'll see if we get anything else from this film now that we're heading deep into the summer. And we got several more Marvel projects coming up, and Black Panther is supposed to be right around the corner. So a lot more to learn when it comes to the Black Panther area of the Marvel Universe. But... That's going to do it for this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. Great conversation with my guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Of course, if you like our shows, make sure you check out all of our episodes on the New Generation Podcast Network. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can catch, of course, all the episodes of Hero Talk. Also, be sure to check out the Imperial Broadcast. We got uh, uh, Obi-Wan coming up very soon so you know shamari and kendall they both host that show they'll be talking plenty about that so make sure you guys check that out again you can find that on pretty much all your dsps but particularly apple podcast spotify soundcloud stitcher and tune in by searching new generation podcast network also be sure to check us out on youtube new generation media where we're doing a bunch of draft content so it's a really really exciting time new generation all around so again make sure you check us out on youtube new generation media Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. And make sure you follow us individually on social media. You can find Kendall on Twitter, New Gen Ken. You can find Shamari on Instagram and Snapchat, MCCham22. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. And on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys again so much for checking us out. For Kendall, I'm EJ and, and Shamari. I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys.